one. Welcome into the Blitz podcast. My name is Jaden Kozak, and today it's going to be a little, little awkward for the first 10 ish minutes. We got this guy here, big Chargers fan, Mr. <sighs> Mitchell McDonald. We're, we're, I mean, we're two hours removed from the game now, but it's still got to hurt. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like analytics are complete bullshit right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, this is, this will probably be the last episode that I'm hosting for a little bit. Cause I know Kane's going to be coming home for school, obviously college and stuff's wrapping up. He's going to be flying home sometime this weekend. I'm finishing up my finals, but you know, you don't see me asking other people to pick up the slack just shows where certain people's priorities are. Some people care about the college education. Other people care about getting this podcast off the ground, <laughs> but Hey, that that's neither here nor there, but we'll, we'll get right into this. So <laughs> chiefs 48 at chargers. Ah, 34 at Chargers yeah. 28, Chiefs 34 at chargers 28 in overtime. Patrick Mahomes had the – I mean, I was so frustrated watching him because I was a Kelsey owner, and we'll get to that in a second. But it was really frustrating just watching Travis Kelsey be wide open almost all game and him either missing him, like, with an inaccurate throw or just straight up not seeing him. It was extremely frustrating to watch that. But he turns it on a little bit later on. He goes for 410 with three touchdowns. He does have a pick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, kind of a bad game for him, nine for – Nine carries for 32 yards. Tyreek Hill, though, 12 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey is back after two back-to-back five-point PPR weeks. Comes out with 10 catches, 191 yards, two touchdowns, the two final touchdowns of the game. He gets the one in overtime. I don't think he expected to take that one. I mean, he caught it at, like, the 30, and then he catches a block, and then he catches another block. And all of a sudden, he's got – eight yards left and he's just high stepping into the end zone at that point. Uh, I see you shaking your head and, and I have to ask why, but first uh, I'm going to ask a little question about the chiefs. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation around them earlier in the season. Then they started to turn it on, but they're these wins have come against some teams that were not the strongest of opponents. So, you know, big divisional win. This probably is going to end up holding the chargers off for that, AFC West title. Does this prove something to you about the Kansas City Chiefs? Not really. It more so proves to me that Staley's undying trust in the analytics will end up being what kills this team in the long run because it, it hasn't truly bitten us in the butt to the point where we lost a game yet. And we left nine points on the board. We were easily, well, maybe the one at the 40-yard line where he went for the fourth down conversion and didn't get it. That might have been right outside of uh, Hopkins' range, but the other two, he could have easily had six points on those. Game would have been over in regulation if we had just done that. It doesn't prove a ton to me, but it proves to me that the Chiefs' defense isn't – it's formidable. It can keep you in games. It's just not going to completely cost you games at this point, even without Chris Jones – we obviously tailored our offense around running it up the gut because he wasn't going to be there. But regardless, this team, they are, they've been one of the top contenders in the AFC, regardless, coming into this week, coming into the season, even when they were two and four, 
only so many people truly doubted them. I mean, winning the division might have been an iffy point at, at that two and four record just because the Chargers. Especially when you guys hot. were playing really well. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it doesn't prove a ton to me. It shows to me that if you leave Kelsey or Hill wide open, Patrick Mahomes is going to make it work. And while we were injury ridden, it's the NFL. The Ravens are injury ridden too, and they have the same amount of wins as us. So I can't make too many excuses on that. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, I mean, we'll talk about the analytics side and the charger side of this, but I think this win does a little bit for me because it's, it's kind of felt like this felt like a chief's game to lose. Like it just felt like the chargers were going to be able to get the best of them the same way they did in Kansas city. And the chiefs showed fight down the stretch. I know like there were some things going on, obviously you have three possessions inside the five yard line. If you're LA and you come out with zero points, that is extremely rare. And that is a nice little crutch. The chiefs can fall back on. It's probably the reason why they end up winning this game, but I don't know. I just felt much better after the game than I did, especially in the middle of the game, because in the middle of the game, I was, I, I had a big Ben versus Patrick Mahomes over the last three games, stat comparison, ready to fire off. And then he just <laughs> throws for like 200 yards in the fourth quarter in overtime and they end up winning this game. But moving on to the chargers, uh, Herbert has a solid game, 236, two touchdowns with a pick and a rushing touchdown. Eckler, Kind of wasn't he didn't feel like the feature back at all tonight. It was uh I believe it was Justin Jackson, wasn't it? He was getting a lot of carries, and then we yeah. made the mistake of letting Josh Kelly in at any point in the game. Yeah. So Eckler finishes with 59 and a touchdown, then Keenan Allen, six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. And that catch that he had, I believe it was the one to put him at 28, looked almost exactly like the catch that he made two weeks ago against the Bengals, where Herbert just fired a freaking rocket right through the middle of two guys and Keenan Allen just like absorbs it flies back and catches it. Like he's in a cartoon. They have a good connection and, on that. He, yeah. he understands what it takes. <laughs> he's, he's been on the jug machine. So uh, <laughs> my question to you about your team with this whole analytics thing. And I, I also had just like live and die by analytics. Right. Right. Uh, but like with this whole thing, potentially, <laughs> potentially, maybe becoming a problem. I don't know if you want to say that quite yet. Is there concern about the Chargers after this game? I hope it's just an eye-opening for Staley because we, if anything, this game showed me that we are a drastically better team than the Chiefs because we were making the plays that were necessary on game. Lieutenant Wosu was one of those guys that made a massive step up in this game. He had to pick. He had a tip pass. He was just all over the field. Joey looked great until he was gassed in the fourth quarter. We were making the plays we needed. It's just the play calling on offense was just questionable, to say the least, because we had so many guaranteed points on the board with those field goals. Now, granted, it's the Chargers. Nothing's a guaranteed field goal. But when you have three field goals within range, you got to imagine he's at least going to make one. And then if you make one out of the three, you still win the regulation regardless. And if you miss, it's the same position as when you failed on fourth down. So I, I, I feel like analytics are strayed because it doesn't account for the outliers of going forward on fourth down against these horrible teams and horrible defenses where there's no way in hell that they're going to be able to stop you four consecutive plays. And it, it just seems like something they've missed in the statistics. 
And Staley loves to live and die by analytics. And I think he needs to just relook and recalculate his analytics before deciding to go for it on fourth down against a formidable defense in the past 10 weeks like the Chiefs have been. It, it frustrates me every time because going into half, you look at it, you, take, you kick that field goal, you go up by a complete touchdown, you can feel okay if they score a touchdown on the next drive. They feel they get a field goal. You feel amazing because you're still up by more than a field goal. And it really just hurt to watch him just live and die by it so much. I, I get trusting it and scientific era of football, but you at a certain point, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize you're leaving so many points on the board. Yeah. And the, and the whole thing and like the whole, I mean, it's literally live and die by analytics. And that's why I think it's going to be, I don't think he's going to go over and be like, huh, should I have like, I mean, obviously you're going to think hindsight, you're going to be like, huh, should I have done that? But he's not next game. I think if they get the same scenario, I think he does the exact same thing because that's what analytics nuts do. You look at the Rockets when they had Harden and that whole team, they missed 27 straight threes and didn't after for 26 straight yeah. times, they were like, yeah, <laughs> I think we're going to do this again. Uh, and Let's then just keep you, doing it. Yeah. You can see it in baseball too. When the uh, Rays took out Blake Snell in the world series like that, that's that just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of what analytics are. You live and die by it. And that's why that you're, you're always going to come out with these outcomes when it works. It looks great. When it doesn't, it looks terrible. I mean, kind of like what I just said, great versus bad teams. If we do this next week against the Houston, Texas, he's going to look like a genius when he does it because they're horrible. Well, of course, it's going to be a no higher one, percentage. Yeah. Either that or no one's going to care because you're playing the Texans on a regional yeah. game. Like, oh, wow, and they went just, to it on fourth down. That's cool. It just boosts our fourth down conversion rate by a slight rate mm -hmm. against an like, underwhelming oh, yeah, we, team. And that's, oh, my God. And you look can't at, do it look against at our great percentage. Teams. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it against great teams because great teams will find ways to make it happen. And that's what annoys me with analytics. They don't account for top tier versus lower tier percentage wise of like how good that defense actually is and how often that defense actually gives us up. And unfortunately, it's not a frequent situation where you go for it on fourth down. So you can't get as good of advanced analytics on it, but you have to imagine a better defense is going to have a much higher percentage of stopping you. And I, no one's taken that into account. Yeah. And that, that is like the difference in analytics between sports is like where in football, you are directly looking at who is in front of you and analytics is very in a vacuum, like in a, against a neutral team per se, how many times do we do this? But personally with the chargers, I don't find a whole lot of concern here. I mean, the analytics thing, does scare me but it, again in a couple weeks they could do it and it works and it wins them a game tonight it lost them a game it could win them a game in two weeks that's just the whole thing of it but I do want to ask you real quick uh you're starting a franchise you have your choice of every player in the league and you're starting you're starting a franchise so obviously age is being taken into account where does Justin Herbert rank on your draft board well, obviously, quarterbacks have to be of the utmost importance. Yeah. Mahomes just – I don't think if he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, he wouldn't be as good as he is right now because we watched him miss third and flats by miles all night. Joe Burrow is cool, calm, and collected as he is. 
He's not well, the guy. He's, he's also extremely the pocket, emotional. Make up for a bad offensive line. <laughs> extremely emotional too. Yeah, obviously he has that. That makes him top guy, right? I just think Herbert has the perfect mix of mobility and throwing ability and mental processing to make it work. Him and Josh Allen are probably pretty close to each other. I just Allen seems just slightly behind on the processing. Yeah. And I do think that Herbert has made leaps. Both of them have made leaps in processing, but and Herbert's been in the league two years less than Josh Allen. And I think he's or was it one or two? I think it's two, right? Two. Two. Yeah. And he's made a lot of process. I mean, obviously you're having Mahomes in that conversation. You're putting Lamar in that conversation, Kyler's in that conversation. Personally, I think it's probably still, even after everything I said about him tonight, I think it's Mahomes one, but man, Herbert is right there. Like he's right there. And it, it's great to see. I, I've liked Herbert. You you basically sold me on Herbert in his first couple games, even though you were, I'll, I'll never forget I was when I, when I texted you. I, when I texted you and I was like, dude, they put Herbie in. <laughs> and you were like, what? Why? Why? What happened? How could-? I didn't think like, he was you were ready. so upset. You were so <laughs> upset. And then like he comes in and puts out the best rookie season ever. But like, I will never forget that. And I truly did your- not think he would be ready. Yeah. <laughs> I just crazy. Cause, and that was one of the things that's why he kind of fell quote unquote. Cause he was supposed to be the first quarterback taken in that draft. Oh yeah. He was a top the prospect. Yeah. And like, he kind of fell because like he didn't look as great with the processing and stuff like that. Obviously the physical talent was there, but moving on, unless you have any final thoughts on this game, unless you have anything you want to scream about or just. Uh, uh, the only thing I can say is that I think we'll be fine if we make it to the playoffs because We'll either end up with the Titans or the Ravens at this point, in my opinion. And yeah, neither teams scare me anymore. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. We'll dive into both of those teams in just a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about it. I know everybody's talked about it. We posted about it twice last night. Urban Meyer officially out in Jacksonville. We posted about it. I think it was like 9 o'clock. I did like the whole Urban Meyer experiment. Posted it basically a timeline of everything that's happened three hours later, he gets fired. So can you, can you say we called it? I would say so. Uh, I went to, <laughs> there's just, it's a laundry list of things, problems, whatever you want to call them. But there was a report that came out three or four days ago about Marvin Jones had to leave after an argument. They benched James Robinson. He called his, assistant coaches losers and called himself a winner to his assistant coaches. And then yesterday, figured a woman, he, a bar and kick yep, the kicker. Yep. And then there's <laughs> that. And then he, he kicks the kicker. And we got a comment saying that nothing screams winning more than kicking your kicker in the only place that he need, the only body part that he needs to be successful. So shout out to know. Peter. Yeah. Shout out to Peter. <laughs> but yeah, 14 weeks, Urban Meyer, that that was a failed experiment. That was actually one of the first TikToks we posted was about how this was a failed experiment and this he needs to go. And this that was two and a half months ago now. But there is tools here. Like it's kind of a little bit lesser way. It's kind of similar to the Chargers opening last year where you you've got a generational guy at quarterback. So there are people that are going to want this job. Now, all the other pieces are not as in place as they were with the Chargers. As I mean, you obviously have Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike, Mike Williams, even 
there was more structure in place in LA, whereas Jacksonville, you're almost at a clean slate type of situation with Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson and Travis Etienne. That's it. Uh, so there are a lot of people that are going to be in consideration for this job, but who would you like to see be the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? I kind of want to bring the Jacksonville heritage back and hire Byron Leftwich. He's been looking good in Tampa Bay. Granted, he has an embarrassment of riches on the offensive end, but I feel like he's probably learned enough from Tom Brady to make a functional team out of his knowledge he's gained from him. Because honestly, Tom Brady could probably be a coach himself. He'll never do that because he's made so much money he doesn't need to. But it would be nice to see a homecoming for Byron Leftwich to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a Steelers legend, so obviously I can respect it. <laughs> but one guy that I didn't like, I think PFF posted it, and they listed like seven guys. What about Jim Caldwell? He was, I love they, need, they need a culture reset after Urban Meyer literally set the building on fire. They need somebody to build that back up. And Jim Caldwell is a culture guy. He rebuilt the culture in Detroit. Of course, they fired him like idiots to go get Patricia just because he came from Belichick. Oh, God. But yeah, I think he could come in and reset this culture. And you know what? If after three years, you want to do the exact same thing the Lions did. And even though you saw how that worked out and like you want to go get an offensive guru to give to Trevor Lawrence on this offense, but you need a culture reset terribly yes. bad. And I think Jim Caldwell is about as good as it gets as far as culture guys that are still available right now. So I think personally, that'd be a great hire and one that's not being talked about a whole lot. I mean, what more of a resume do you need than taking the Detroit Lions to a winning, to a record? winning yeah. three out of four and, seasons you were there? Yeah, and Detroit and Jacksonville, like, Growing up, I mean, I started watching football in 2010. The Lions were not as bad as the Jet. Like, I know that the history around the Lions is that they're awful. And, like, I miss the 08, 0 and whatever. You miss it. Yeah, that was I miss, right I, I around my that. prime of starting it. So, like, <laughs> what, you, what you think of as the Lions, I think of the Jags that way. Because the Jags have had one season where I was like, okay, the Jags are for real. Like, the Jags are a – they could win their division this year. They've had one you were missing that prime MJD then. <laughs> I, I no, I remember MJD, but like I remember when they took Blaine Gabbard, and like that was a that was the fall of it. Fail. That was the complete yeah. fall. <laughs> and uh, I think they took Luke Jokel in 2013. Like he was mm. terrible too. And there was that a lot beautiful, of <laughs> that beautiful class. I always thought it was weird though. The 2013 NFL class and the 2013 NBA class were two of the worst classes in recent memory for both sports. I mean, the 2013 class, you had all those linemen go in the first round. And then 2013 NBA was literally Giannis. And then everyone else was like, that was the Bennett, uh, Oladipo, oh, Alex Len. Yeah, like Oladipo Alex Len went in the top five. Yeah, but like Alex Len went in the top five. Just Maryland little, little, legend, baby. little, little <laughs> blitz and buckets moment there for you guys. But I just always thought that was weird seeing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I really do like Jim Caldwell. I think that Byron Leftwich would be great too. The Jags just need somebody when you've got a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's a generational quarterback prospect, somebody's going to want that job and somebody should, oh, yeah. somebody good should get it. All right. Moving on to a little, like this just came almost out of nowhere. COVID is like ripping through sports right now, specifically the NBA and the NFL. Just the NBA has 65 guys on the COVID list right now. 
that is enough to fill up five whole teams, which would be a sixth of the league. So 16% of the NBA is on the COVID list right now. Like that is ridiculous. I don't know why basketball keeps coming up in these conversations, but the NFL has 125 players. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the NFL has 125 players on the COVID list. This is as of 6 PM today. So it's about seven or eight hours ago. Uh, Washington is leading, is winning with 20. Uh, Browns coming. Uh, <laughs> the Rams are up to 25. Oh, okay. That Thank is, you. For... That's horrible. So that would mean that the total number is now up to 137 because I have the Rams at 13. I mean, oh, there was a lot of people in the 20s. I can check okay. the uh, I... Schefter update, but we there's no need. Just know that massive amounts of people are out <laughs> yeah so obviously with with this newfound information i'm sure you understand that the covid list is really really filling up yeah i'm, I'm seeing it now i just remembered von miller and all those guys got placed on, yeah. COVID, on the covid list the browns have 14 guys on covid they had baker and case keenum both go down so they will be starting nick mullins on sunday we'll get to that game in a little bit kevin stefanski also has covid the Chargers have 11, so they were down a couple guys tonight, most notably Rashawn Slater. The Rams are still going to be missing Daryl Henderson. I know he got it, like, fairly early last week, so there's a solid chance he plays on Sunday, but, like, with their whole outbreak situation, I don't know what their deal is going to be. But Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham also have it. Odell Beckham famously said, I don't think – I think he said, like, I don't think COVID would rock with me. I don't think we'd get along, something like that, when he was in Cleveland. <laughs> And, of course, now he has it. So that's cool. And then the Bears have 10. A couple notable guys I mentioned, Jalen Ramsey, OBJ, Daryl Henderson, Kenny Clark has it, Baker Mayfield, Rodney Hudson, Allen Robinson, Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle. I trade I trade for Jalen Waddle. I trade for Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I trade DK Metcalf for Jalen Waddle. The next day, Jalen Waddle gets COVID. Then Tyler Lockett gets COVID. So now that's the DK Metcalf – <laughs> DK Metcalf is going to be great and Waddle isn't even playing this week. And I have Daryl Henderson and Swift. This is this is great. But and playing fantasy playoff start. But I had Kelsey. So you know, even Steven. Uh Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, Tyler Locker, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, just to finish out the list. So as you can see, that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of high-profile guys and I mean, this could very well just be the start. I know Monday they broke the record for how many people they put on a COVID list in a single day, and then they broke it again on Tuesday. So I don't know what I don't know how many records they've broken on Wednesday and Thursday. But if they keep up at this pace, the NFL is in trouble. And you and I are both owners of Steelers tickets in three weeks' time, and I will be really unhappy if they I didn't get insurance on them. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, I really can't imagine that if they cancel the event, is that, that they won't works? give you money back. Yeah, if, if it's COVID related, I feel like there's no way that they don't refund you because there's literally nothing you can do. But if if they, uh, that would suck. That would suck. But <laughs> like, I mean, the re the main reason we're going, we're going Steelers Browns Monday Night Football. It's gonna in all likelihood be Big Ben's last yeah. game in Pittsburgh. And if COVID ruins that for me, I'm not going to be happy. Uh, Cause I've, I've never as big as a Steelers fan as I am, I've never been to a Steelers game. So I've never seen Ben Roethlisberger play. So if I don't go, 
in a couple weeks, I will never get to see Big Ben ever, which sucks. Not to, not to get everybody emotional uh, while listening to the podcast, but yeah, that would make me really sad. So with all this going on, we've seen what happened last year where we went to 50% capacity and whatnot. Uh, so what do you think the NFL is going to do about this? And if it's if the answer is different, what do you think they should do about it? I don't think they'll do anything except you make you wear a mask. That's about all I see them doing. They're too late in the season to reschedule games. And they're at the point where they can pretty much own Saturday nights. So they're going to bank on no college, well, lessened college football and try to make as much money as they can. It's the NFL, their business, and that's what they're going to do. Regardless of how many people are out on the COVID list, they're going to keep these games going. What I think they should do, maybe expand the practice squad so you can at least try to have a lot more people readily available, but that can only do so much without your teams looking horrible when they have a massive COVID outbreak like the Rams, the Browns. There's just a list of teams at this point who are missing a significant amount of their players, but there's only so much you can actually do. I mean, a lot of these players are vaccinated and the variant is just resistant to it and they're not ready for it. So I'm assuming the best thing they have in place is just mask. Yeah. It's really tough. And like, obviously we remember last year, like you had different percentages for each state, but that doesn't really, that's out of the NFL's control to a certain extent. I mean, if the state of Pennsylvania decides we're doing 50% capacity at stadiums, I mean, what is the NFL going to do? Say no. Like that's, that's kind of, I didn't really have an option. Um, I, I keep coming back to the NBA for some reason, but obviously like we're pretty late in the NFL season and a bubble is not an option, but I feel like we could very well be seeing a NBA bubble very soon because they're what a month and a half into the season now, two months. Oh yeah. Pretty early. Um, a lot less and, than what it was when they first and, made it. So, and, and COVID is ripping right through the NBA right now, the same way it is with the NFL. And we've seen the bubble work in the past. Uh, so I feel like we might see like a small, maybe a small pause and then they re reevaluate things, but I don't know. It's really tough. Um, and I hate to like, I'm not trying to just disregard the situation because obviously it's very serious, but fantasy playoffs, somebody is, and, and it, and it also affects the NFL obviously, but like somebody's going to get hoed for fantasy playoffs. Like somebody's somebody like me who gets Jalen Waddle. And now I mean, you look at the Rams. The Rams might end up being the team that gets screwed. They have a legitimate shot to win this division, and they have well, been but slashed. By the good COVID. thing, the good thing is, a lot of their guys are going to have immunity. Like this is this is becoming like strategical. <laughs> like, do you want to get? Your, do you want to give your guys COVID in week fifteen? Give them immune not give them covid but like would you rather them have COVID? (laughs) (laughs) but like do you want to have covid now in week 15 and get immunity all the way through the super bowl like dude tom brady will 100 give somebody COVID. like find somebody to give somebody covid and just let them just go buck wild and just that everyone on the team gets covid now they drop a game or two and then they get full immunity everyone's healthy not obviously not bodily healthy, but if they don't die in the hospital, sickness, sickness. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also that too, but sickness, healthy all the way through the Super Bowl. Like this, this is serious. Now you got to think about that. And somebody, somebody might win a fluke Super Bowl kind of like, you know, they called it like, you know, 
with the Bucks and the Mickey Mouse. Why do rings. I keep? Why do I keep bringing <laughs> things back to basketball, dude? I'm, I'm telling you, man. Mickey Mouse buckets, ring for the Lakers. But, yeah, and then like with the Bucks and Suns last year, nobody would have expected that. I mean, there's a chance we could end up seeing that here in the NFL because of all the people on COVID. Like, what happens if, you know, we get to the playoffs and Justin Herbert gets COVID or Josh Allen gets COVID? Those teams are done. Tom Brady gets or Tom Lamar Brady. Jackson the, gets it there. Yeah. Completely well, and done. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's probably got COVID like four times this year, knowing his immune system. So he's, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to guess that he will get COVID at some point again. But like these teams that are relatively reliant on their quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, maybe like they, they, they could fall out of the race in a wild card game if they lose their quarterback. We saw them with Jordan Loving at quarterback. They're yeah. not at all the same team. Yeah. But hopefully they'll be getting reinforcements back soon, but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So after wrapping up the week's news, we're going to move on to more week 15 action. First, starting out, we got our second Saturday night game. It's our first headliner game. It's Patriots at Colts. This should be, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this looks like it's going to be the game of the week. Uh, You got the Patriots who are playing really well right now, running the ball really well. And you've got the Colts who are also playing really well right now and are also running the ball really well. Uh, but one thing I was, I was looking through this and obviously the Colts rush offense is second. Like that doesn't really surprise me one bit. New England's rush defense is 19th. That I know because, because like when you think about what the Patriots have been doing this year, it's like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to slow the game down and they're going to stop what the offense is doing. So I mean, even if they're not trying to stop running teams, you'd think that they'd be higher than 19th. I mean, mean, they do have to rely on a good secondary. You have J.C. Jackson, Phillips, and you have McCourty. That's one of the better secondaries in the game on its own. Yeah. So I can understand like that. Yeah. I just figured like a a Belichick coach team with a good amount of talent not being even in the top half for rush defense. Like that that was really – Shocking to me. Uh, so the question I I had a little bit of trouble coming up with this because these teams are extremely similar, but one team is very much better running the ball than the other. So this is kind of weird, especially with the records, but which team of these two do you think has a better shot at winning a Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Colts? Probably the Patriots, just because of coaching. Frank Rake is a great coach. He's just not Bill Belichick, in my opinion. He finds a way. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to be with you. And this, obviously, no shit. They're nine and four. The Colts are seven and six, and it's the Patriots. But like, I think the Colts do everything that the Patriots do, just a little bit worse, except for running the ball because they have a guy that could be a generational type back in Jonathan Taylor. Like they just they defend. The run at an okay level. Their secondary is okay. Their quarterback is average to below average. I, I'm not going to give Mac Jones too much credit. Their receiving core is terrible. Their offensive line is good. Like they're they're fairly similar teams. The Colts got a bad uh, bad draw at the beginning of the season, catching a couple hard losses, and yeah, I think they're still in this division. They got a race. lot of hard losses this yeah. year. And and they started out like with like a gauntlet of a schedule and then they lost to the Ravens and over and over time they lose to the Bucks on uh what 30 Last seconds drive. left yeah like pretty like much they've, yeah they've had a they the Titans even at the Carson sure. Wentz isn't what they want <laughs> yeah 
and I'm pretty sure the Titans did something similar where they won close to the end of the game against them this year. So they've had a couple tough losses and, you know, those games flip this Colts team is the number one seed. If you flip some of those games around, like that's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, and I, I really liked what they're doing. I know that one thing, one criticism of this Colts roster and the way it's constructed is they have their best players are all at positions that aren't exactly the most important running back guard, slot corner, defensive tackle linebacker, like, these you you think about quarterback meh wide receivers meh edge meh corner meh like it's I don't know and that's why I had some speculations coming about them into the year but they've really turned it on especially with Jonathan Taylor so I'm just going to get right into the picks here Colts are favored by two they're going to be at home Money line Colts minus 130, Patriots plus 110. Really surprised to see the Patriots not favored in this game, even though the Colts are at home. But Mitchell, what's your pick? I got to take the Pats on both. I just think that Belichick will probably find a way to scheme in, a way to stop the run. And the pass offense just isn't enough to intimidate them to not drop one of those safeties in to try to help stop the run. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really leaning on this one. I feel like I might lean towards the Colts, but Bill Belichick always stops what you do best. And if you can stop the Jonathan Taylor run, which as we've talked about, the Patriots are 19th, so maybe they can't. If you can stop the Jonathan Taylor run, the Colts are nothing. They, they're a one, they're a very one-dimensional offense. The quarterback play feeds off of Jonathan Taylor, but if Jonathan Taylor's not going. I don't think Carson Wentz can propel you to a win, especially against the Patriots defense. So I think I'm going to go Patriots on the road in this one. Next game up, we have the Titans at the Steelers. TJ Watt is still questionable for this game. I want to hurt myself uh, because that makes me sad because I, I've talked about it. Like he should 100% like if you're talking on a per game basis on what he does on a per game basis, statistically, he's killing it. And then there's the argument of like, would you rather have pass rush win rate or would you rather have sacks? Like what is more important to you? TJ Watts got the sacks. Miles Garrett's got the pass rush win rate a little bit higher, but I, I just really wish that he's played a full season because I feel like he'd be the defensive player that you're favorite. I don't, I wouldn't find, it would be hard to find an argument against it, but AJ Brown uh, still just really, I mean, he's put up zero in the last three weeks. I don't really know what Kane was thinking with that take just complete <laughs> stinkers all across the board. Bottom uh, five and, receiver. And I, I'd, I'd imagine he scores. <laughs> I'd imagine he scored zero this week, uh, simply because they don't want to use him because he's got an he's injury designation. Yep. <laughs> but that's yeah. But I mean, I, I predict a goose egg from him this week. So AJ Brown probably going to get zero points this upcoming week. No surprise. But another thing, I, I'm pretty sure he's been out for a little bit. But Bud Dupree doesn't get his revenge game. Kind of sad. Daggummit. Uh, should have took a home hometown discount. Bitch. Um, but <laughs> Titans, we, we have heard that this, this week that it looks like Derrick Henry is going to be back if they can get into the playoffs, which is big because there was some speculation that he probably wasn't going to be back this year. I know you were saying that there's a high likelihood that he doesn't make it back. But we Derrick Henry's a different big fantasy season. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but like. I, I thought I saw something like maybe week 18, maybe. Yeah, I saw a few things on that, but that, 
yeah, there's no reason to rush him back at that point. And then the question becomes, and I know we just talked about Jonathan Taylor, but let's say Derrick Henry comes back for the wild card game and they lose, but he runs for 150 yards. Is Derrick Henry the first running back off the board next year in fantasy football? No. Is Jonathan Taylor? So. Probably. Where does Christian McCaffrey fall? I know we've kind of bounced around here, but where does Christian McCaffrey? Somewhere in that mid-first round. I, he's got the production. It's just the health. That's a huge issue with him. And if you bank on him in the middle of that first round and he stays healthy the whole year, you look like a genius. If he gets hurt again, you look like an idiot again. Yeah, and it, it maybe to a lesser extent because when he is playing, he's going. you know he's going to give you that production, whereas Saquon was getting picked at around six-ish. Yeah. Uh, this past year and even when he was playing outside of those two games I believe against New Orleans and someone else uh, he played poorly outside of those two games right before that spring yeah yeah he looked like he looked good going into that game and then and the and the worst part about it was it was such a freak play like what are the odds he crosses ankles with somebody and steps on his ankle (laughs) and I have him at that point I was like I was at work that was like the lowest I ever felt because I was like, my season is over in week five and I want to die because you like, invested no, everything in him. Too. Yeah. And, and it was like everything, like, this is it. I, I basically had no other assets at that point. Cause my other asset was fucking Hopkins. And you know how I feel about him. Anyone that's ever listened to the show knows how I feel <laughs> about Deandre Hopkins. Um, and it was just like, my season is over. So there, I mean, what do I do now? Uh, but yeah, back to fantasy running backs. Do you take Eckler over McCaffrey? Just real quick in next year's draft. Next year, probably, because I think it's going to be a similar offense that we're going to be running. I can't imagine we get a generational like goal line back. And surprisingly, Eckler's been our goal line back at a 5'10 undersized running back. It shocks me, but he's been our best option. Yellow muscle hamster. So... <laughs> Taylor, Henry, Eckler. Is that your top three? Unless you're putting somebody else in there? Maybe Kamara if they get a better yeah. passing offense. But, uh, yeah. Rounds out to about that. I can get with that. Obviously, we're you're definitely done trading at this point because fantasy playoffs start. But I'm really excited for what we're going to do in the offseason with fantasy. We're probably going to be doing a lot with it pre-draft and stuff like that. But – before I continue to talk about something that's completely unrelated to this game. Uh, who needs this win more? Titan Steelers. <laughs> who do you think needs this win more in this week 15 matchup? If you say anything about the Steelers, you're a madman because this is their last hope probably to make a playoff run. It's a weak Titans team at this point with all the injuries. This is their last grasp and last stance to try to make this playoff run if they don't win this game you might as well give up and try for the pick yep um i will also be saying the Steelers need this win more uh <laughs> because i've talked about it but if we don't win this game we will be six seven and one with the chiefs browns and ravens as our remaining three teams so um 
That's three losses. And the Browns right will there. have fuel. The Browns will have full immunity at that point. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only player that doesn't have it right now that means anything. Well, two players. And it's the rest two players. Well, Miles Garrett doesn't have it either. So Ooh. hope no, not hopefully. But um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but hopefully everyone's healthy. That wears uh, that that plays in Pittsburgh on that Monday night game. So we can maybe squeeze out a win to take into next. Maybe Ben wins his last game in Hinesville. I will find. I will never forgive us if we lose that damn game, Ben's last game in Pittsburgh, uh, especially against a division opponent. But I, God, I'm so all everywhere. Uh, Titans minus one on the road. God, that hurts to see. Um, Titans money line is minus one hundred five. Steelers minus one fifteen. Mitchell, what do you got? I got the Steelers on both. I think they actually Aww. find a way to win this game. You, and you. The Titans are just so deprived. They blew out a Jags team with Urban Meyer, Coach. What do you expect? How did he get in there? But, uh, yeah. And it was, <laughs> the thing is, it was only 20 to nothing. Like, And I know that's like – I mean, you shut it him out. It wasn't flashy on offense at all. No. The running game well, didn't show us anything. And Julio played last week, too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he did statistically, but he played last week. So, to see, like – I didn't hear anything from him. So clearly he didn't play that well. Um, oh God, I don't want to, I'm going to take the Steelers on both. I do think though, DFS wise, and obviously we're in fantasy playoffs and people are going down to the COVID. If you have Dante Foreman or he's available on your waiver wire, do yourself a favor and pick him up because our run defense is putrid and he will kick our ass for 60 minutes. So Please do yourself a favor, especially if you're in a pinch this week or you're just playing DFS and grab Dante Foreman. Next up, God, that's, oh my God. Next up, Bengals at Broncos. This is a weird one. I can't get a read on either one of these teams. I can't tell if either one of these teams are good. I can't tell if they're bad. I don't know what to think of either one of these teams. Bengals just lost. One's gritty, one's flashy. Yeah, like and gritty with two D's and gritty with two T's. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! You're terrible. You're God. You're a disgrace. Um, I can't even. The Bengals lose last week in overtime to San Francisco, after getting the shit kicked out of them by the Chargers, after kicking our shit in. So like, you get a blowout win, a blowout loss. And an overtime almost win. Yeah, <laughs> an almost win. And then the Broncos, dude, they have unleashed Javante Williams. And, like, it's getting – I know Melvin Gordon got a lot of carries and a lot of people that started Javante Williams thinking, like, oh, Melvin Gordon's probably going to get pushed to that second role now that we've – now that they have let Javante Williams out. Melvin Gordon gets 24 carries last week. But – I mean, from what you've seen from Javante Williams, and another fantasy question here, how high do you think he goes in next year's draft? It all depends on if Melvin Gordon walks okay. or not. If Melvin, Gordon, if Melvin Gordon walks. Uh, probably later end of the first round, just because he's an unproven rookie at this point. Well, slightly proven. Not 100% proven is the number one. He had one game. You can only take so much on that sample size. Yeah. I mean, but, like, everything you saw looked, like, fantastic. Plus, he's got, like, the 
I believe it's like rushing attempts to broken tackles. Like he's got a ridiculous he's ratio. A monster. Yeah. And I feel great because in our dynasty league, I picked him as like the 14th running back off the board. So that felt good. Uh, I took him Leonard Fournette and Eckler in one league, along with Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and George Kittle in a 10-man one. That's and disgusting. I am just massacring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, bet. I mean, you're – yeah. There's no way you're not killing everyone. Uh, and another another young player, another rookie who's playing really well. He turned it on last week. I believe he had two touchdowns. Jamar Chase. Wh- how high is he in next year's draft? I still see him as like a third rounder just because he – Wow. You can't ignore the drops. Wow. He's so third spotty round. at this point. So that would mean you'd so – It depends on Devontae. like how deep of a draft it is. That's okay. So wide receiver rankings, I got just like going off the top of the head. Devontae Adams in no order. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, all in front of Jamar Chase. Yeah. Okay. Keenan still. Keenan's in front of him. Okay. Debo. Debo. Yeah. Maybe Renfro if Derek Carr the way he's playing. Jeez, dude! Whoa. Okay, I, I, I know you got a, I know you got him on your fantasy team, but that might be a little. Uh, white boy stay one. That might be a. Little... <laughs> oh boy, we got a white boy winner going on. I mean, on. AJ Brown, obviously. Well, yeah. Well, I probably should have put him first, but yeah. Okay, has DK played his he way? He probably goes against him. Has DK played his way out of this conversation at this point? I think ESPN will rank him higher because he's yeah. DK Metcalf yeah. and this is probably right I probably won't take him over him but it's just a matter of how much of like an appearance guy you are and they know people bite on that yeah Stefan Diggs or, or Jamar Chase Diggs probably yeah just go off just no go amazing off receivers there and then I know I'll, I'll do two more and then I'm done CD Lamb or Jamar Chase Jamar Okay, and then I know this one's a little dependent on some other factors, but Deontay Johnson or Jamar Chase next year? Deontay, Stafer. Really? He See, doesn't have yeah. the drop issue anymore. <laughs> but the only the, – the variable, obviously, is who's playing quarterback, and you don't know that, oh, yeah. whereas you know who's playing quarterback in Cincinnati. Those dump passes will be amazing with Mason Rudolph. Uh, <laughs> well, no, they won't. No, they won't. Don't, <laughs> don't put that evil on me. Do not let me think about that. It's 2 a.m. I don't need to think about that before I go to sleep. Uh, so we'll just go right into the spread and the money line here. Broncos are favored by two and a half. Broncos money line is minus 150. Bengals plus 130. Mitchell, what's your pick? I am going to take the Bengals on both because I think it's an on week. They've had Two bad losses in a row. Granted, one was an overtime and a close game, but the other one was a complete blowout, and they absolutely need this win to stay in this. I know you had the question of whether or not the Broncos or Bengals need this more. The Broncos seem like they're still just a quarterback away from being a great team. And I think even though they're in mile high, the Bengals find a way to win. But either way, I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos managed to win this game. But I'm going to take the Bengals just because they're the more loaded team talent-wise. I don't know why, but I think I'm going to go Broncos here on both. I just think they're going to – I think they're going to gritty with two Ts. I think they're going to out-gritty <laughs> the, the gritty with two Ds 
in Cincinnati. I, I think they're just going to gut out this win. Uh, I completely, I, I do think that the Bengals need this more, but I just, I think the Broncos are going to fight, man. I, I really do. I think they're going to fight and get this win. Javante. Go Javante. Yeah. Also, I can see this going either way. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Mixon, who, I mean, we had the conversation with us was like, I think it was two weeks ago and after the, or during the Pittsburgh game is Joe Mixon, like the RB one, like, is he in that conversation now? And he is now being under 10 points two weeks in a row. So that conversation has come to a screeching halt. When they're down, they don't use them. Yeah. And which is weird because like, he's not completely incompetent catching the ball. Like it's not like Nick. They just have a ton of weapons. Yeah, and like, why why would you throw it to your running back when you've got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, all those guys? I mean, you for Christ's sakes, throw it to Joe Burrow. I mean, he's there's emotion. There's emotion there. Just use him. <laughs> um, next game, Packers at Ravens. This would have been such a good game if the Ravens if the Ravens didn't screw everybody over by getting hurt. Like we would have loved to watch this game, but no, the Ravens want to ruin it. Um. So real quick, I mean, I know you've said that you don't really have a whole lot, but like anything at all on Lamar Jackson, anything at all. Harbaugh saying he's going to play, and that's about all they're going to let out to the public, I think. I, I think he'll end up playing even though he probably shouldn't in a game where they're most likely going to lose with or without Lamar. This would be the week to rest him, but I think they're still going to send him out there yeah, and like I think I saw, I did see a report today that he's still day to day, and I don't think he practiced today either, which is going to make this somewhat of an uphill battle for him to play on Sunday. So, if they play him, we talked about it. If you are in this position, and I said like week seventeen, week eighteen, obviously it came two weeks earlier. If Lamar tweaks an ankle or something like that, and this is exactly what he did, do you just sit him and call this season a wash? And you, that's what they should be doing right now. You have, you are a first round exit with, with or without Lamar Jackson, as great as he is, you're a first round exit. You just don't have enough because the wild you're going to win this. If you, if you make the playoffs, you're probably going to win this division, which means you're going to face the bills, the chargers. One of those teams are probably going to get that five seed and you're going to have to play one of them. And they're going to curb stomp you because you don't have anybody else outside of Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. That's it. That's all you have on either side of the ball that you can call like a superstar. So I, I think, and another thing is, why are they trying to withhold this information from the public? Like, you don't want to know if like, oh, is Tyler Huntley playing or is Lamar playing? They're the same player. You're game planning exactly the same for Tyler Huntley as you are for Lamar Jackson. It's, it's literally it's the same. So there's who's like, slightly faster than the other. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, we need to game plan for a guy who's got about a 10th off of his 40 time. Uh, so the question, the question here in this game is, we kind of talked about it. If Lamar, even if Lamar comes back, let's say Lamar spontaneously gets a painkiller in his ankle and he is perfectly fine, ankle is fully healed, rest of the season. Do you think they can maybe win a playoff game? Maybe if they luck out and get like the two seed and face whoever the seven seed is. But yeah. realistically, I don't think there's anything that can truly salvage this season after huge Super Bowl aspirations coming in. And I was, I was talking to my friend and he was like, this was probably the best I felt about a Ravens team in a long time. And I was like, I could definitely see where you're coming from. Personally, I would have said coming off of his MVP year, because you you're 
A, you're coming off of an MVP year. I mean, you look like the second best team in the NFL at that point. And this whole like, oh, Lamar's been exposed thing hadn't really happened yet. And not that it's really happened at all, but like he's coming off an MVP season. I know the Titans lost, but he just, he looked fantastic. So coming into that next year, I feel like you would have your best chance, but you know, teach their own. So with that being said, we'll get right into it. Packers favored minus five and a half. Our own Kane Schwartz is going to be at this game on Sunday. So if you see him on TV, send that into our Instagram page at BlitzPod. And tell uh, him he's a loser for not showing up to the fantasy secrets in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy decided it was a good what idea to go to an NFL game and see Aaron Rodgers instead of coming to see us. What a dick that guy is. Um, I know what a simp (laughs) Packers minus five and a half uh, Packers minus two fifty five on the money line Ravens plus two Oh five Mitchell McDonald. What is your pick? All right. On the count of three, we say it at the same time. One, (laughs) two, three Packers on Packers. (laughs) Yep. It's that easy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean this, like it has to be a headliner game because it's Packers at Ravens. Like there's that, and it could could potentially be Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Might be Aaron Rodgers and Tyler Huntley, but like it just it had to be here just because of how much hype there was. I was thinking about like preseason. I was like, I really want to go to this game because I wouldn't like the Steelers. You want to watch Rodgers, Green yeah. Bay, and I want to watch Rodgers because like and at the beginning of the season when I saw this game, I was like, this might be the last time I ever get to see Rodgers because like he there was like talks about retirement if things didn't go well in green bay and they seem to be solving themselves out but that's a conversation for another day uh next game seahawks at rams rams minus fuck we will have to do cuts seahawks Ah, at rams minus five and maybe we'll just keep it seahawks at rams this game is a little interesting it's a divisional game uh if you this is another one that if you brought it up at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, oh, this is probably going to be on primetime. This is going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch this one. And the Seahawks have kind of struggled a little bit, to say the least. They missed Russell Wilson for a little bit, but he is back. So the question I ask you is, even without Tyler Lockett, and I believe one of their running backs, I can't remember which one it was, but one of their four or five running backs that Collins. are, yeah, Alex Collins went on the COVID list. Do you still have confidence that Russ is able to cook? I mean, he managed with less for a lot longer. I, I think he'll manage to be able to put up like 250 yards, but I still think this Rams offense is way too good to be able to be stopped by this Seahawks defense. Even without OBJ and Henderson? So they got Van Jefferson, Sony Michelle, and Cooper Cup. So, That's pretty good. And Tyler Higby after two negative tests and a false positive. That kept him out of oh. a Monday night game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a game changer. I know that all too well. I had to run through five tight ends. I had five tight ends on my roster at one point because of just cycling them in and out <laughs> with injuries and COVID and whatnot. Uh but we talked about the Rams. That was a huge win on Monday Night Football. You get that game back up on the Cardinals. Now that tiebreaker is even, and you're a game closer to taking the lead from them outright. And they had lost three straight going into Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's a bye week for everybody. So they basically lost three straight going into that game against Arizona. So getting that win was huge, 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 huge. 
So I we talked about it, it restored confidence in us for the Rams. So like I said earlier, Rams minus five and a half. Money line, Rams minus 225, Seahawks plus 185. Mitchell, what's your pick? I'm going to take the Rams on the money line, but I think I'm frisky. I think Seattle is going to manage to cover in this one. Russ is going to cook just enough to make it somewhat interesting and not win. Uh, Yeah, I'm right there with you. I just – I feel like the Rams, like, now that they won, like, the motivation of, like, oh, we need to get a win is gone. And, like, they're still going to be riding the high. They're, they're coming off the quote-unquote short week. I mean, it's it's a day shorter, but still. Um, you know, I just – I feel like that they're not going to come out as inspired as they were on prime time against the, the, the good divisional opponent after losing. So, I think the Seahawks do cover, but the Rams are still a significantly better team than the Seahawks, especially with the COVID stuff. Well, I guess both teams are dealing with COVID, but regardless, give me the Rams. All right, Sunday Night Football, another game, yet another game that if you told me at the beginning of the season this was happening, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. But now I have to watch Taysom Hill play quarterback. Saints at Bucks. I I can't – I don't know what to think of this Saints offense and the Taysom Hill experiment, but they're sitting at six and seven in that clusterfuck of an NFC wild card. This is a very tough matchup that they're going to get in a potential must-win game. So then I ask you, is this a must-win game for the New Orleans Saints? I think it's just below a must-win, just because of how bad that seventh seed race is right now. There's a I mean, the Falcons are still in it. The, the Falcons are still the in Falcons, it. The Falcons, they play the Falcons, the Panthers, and one other scrub team. So I yeah. think the Saints could win out if they don't win this game, and they have a good chance of going 9-8 and eight and managing to get that seventh seed. But – Winning this game could do wonders for their shots at that seven seed. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like you said, if they win this game and then if they win out, which I know is a lot to ask, they would be going into the playoffs on a five-game winning streak. Granted, you run into a brick wall of either the Packers, Bucks, either the Packers, Bucks, or Cardinals again. Or Rams. Or Cowboys. I mean, you really want to. Maybe not that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Or no, no, uh uh-uh. But yeah, they, I don't know. It's really tough to kind of pick out, but if, they, if they win too many games, they might get the six seed. So <laughs> I know, like, ugh. but yeah, I think, I, th- I think this is a must win for the saints because if you lose, then you're six and eight. And I know it's a mess, but no one feels good about the playoff chances at six and eight. And you don't have your starting quarterback. And, and COVID is ripping through the NFL and it hasn't really touched you yet. Well, I mean, Taysom so. was debatably going to oh, be their starting boy. quarterback coming into training camp. He's their starting player that gets listed at quarterback. He's not their starting quarterback. <laughs> he is he is some amalgamation of – I don't even know what. He is he is something completely different. He doesn't have a position. Um. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think this is a must win for the Saints. I think you got to win this one because they are, they don't have like a big draft position to play for. Like they're kind of out of that range still. If they go six and 11, I mean, I, I still don't think they find their way to a top 10 pick. But so we'll get right into it. Bucks minus 111. Buccaneers money line is minus 550. Saints plus 400. What do you got? If I'm feeling like gambling, I might take the Saints plus 400, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers 
as the upright winners, but I don't think there's a way that they lose by 11 points to this Bucks team. They play them tough every time, game in and game out. Sean Payton always has a plan for playing against Bruce Arians. I think it'll be a close-fought game, and I don't think Taysom is bad enough to make this team lose by 10 points to them without a mallet finger or some massive injury like he had against the Cowboys. See, I think I might be on Bucks, Bucks on both, man. I think that Brady is beginning to hear the noise that, like, he doesn't have an answer for the Saints, and he's pissed. So he wants to go out and make a statement on Sunday Night Football for the entire world to see. And, I mean, his MVP co-frontrunner in Aaron Rodgers went out and did it last week, and I think that's going to be some driving motivation for him to do it this week, especially, you know, like he goes out and wins an overtime game against one of the best teams in the NFL on at 4 o'clock, and then Aaron Rodgers goes and does – plays very well in Sunday Night Football, and everybody forgets about how well Brady did. So Brady wants the last laugh this week, and I think he's going to go out, have a stunning day, and this has absolutely nothing to do with my fantasy team. Not a single thing. There's absolutely no way that I would – no, absolutely no way. All right, so moving to our non-headliner games, we're probably just going to run through these real quick. We got the Raiders at the Browns. Raiders are favored minus three and a half. Raiders money line is 180. Browns is or mi- minus 180. Browns plus 155. What do you got? I know that the Browns have Nick Mullen starting. He's, He's a formidable nice. backup, and they still have Nick Chubb, but they have no offensive line whatsoever. Yeah. And it hurts me to say this, but I'm going to take the Raiders on both. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm right there with you. I was a big, big I, – I, I called out the Raiders. I was like, they are not as good as everyone's claiming them to be. And then I was right, and then I was wrong, and then I was right again. Like it was, it was weird. But I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one because I don't, I don't like what the Browns are gonna be running out on Sunday. Uh, next game up is Cowboys at Giants. Cowboys are favored by 11. Cowboys money line is minus 550. Giants is plus 400. What do you got? Not even second guessing it. Cowboys on both. We just beat the living crap out of the Giants with hardly any of our stars in. All right. Next up, toilet bowl. Dun, 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 dun. Texans at Jaguars. <laughs> gotta gotta love to be in the Florida or Houston area, and you get to watch this at one o'clock. <laughs> Jags favored by three and a half points. Jags money lines minus two hundred. Texans plus one seventy. I mean, do you even care to give a pick on this game? Like, I, I'm gonna take the Jags money line, but I think Texans cover. I really want to take Texans on both, but I think now they're mired out. Give the Jags a slight enough edge to win this game. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll play the best player on their roster in James Robinson this week. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That seems pretty bold, there, Jaden. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I feel like I'm coming out with a bit hot takes. We should save this for the live show. Shameless plug: the live show is going to be a great thing that happens on December 30th. Please check us out on Twitch. Um, but yeah, give me Jags because I th- I think James Robinson will play. I think. Uh, and then the this complete blowout of a pick uh, Cardinals at Lions. Whew. Cardinals are favored by 12 and a half points. Cardinals money line minus 650 Lions plus 460. Go ahead. What, what do you got here? That spread would be a lot more enticing if the Lions weren't one of the teams decimated by COVID right now. So I'm going to take Cardinals on both. Fair enough. I and think I think I'm James gonna... Conner could have a huge game, even with Chase Edmonds coming back, because there's no reason to run out your running back who's coming off a high ankle sprint against a horrible team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and then, but at the same time, they might just like run the hell out of James Conner for two quarters and then just put Eno Benjamin in and just let him play. I mean, throw in, throw in uh, Edmonds for a few plays yeah. here and there. Oh, just yeah. And just, just but to, uh, I don't yeah, just to get him ready because workload. Yeah. Because he, he's got to get ready for the playoffs. I mean, they're after this game, they'd be three weeks away from the playoffs. And but I the fantasy playoffs are right now, Jade. I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> Well, for all the all the loyal Eno Benjamin supporters, I'm trying to help you guys out. For all the people, you cut him before are... you got the chance to play him. Get out of here! All right, all right, all right. Okay, and a tanking a, effort. I have an attachment. <laughs> well, I had already lost at that point anyway, so there was no point to tank. I unintentionally tanked. Uh, next game: Panthers at Bills. Bills are favored by 11 points in this game, which is really shocking considering they lost to the Jags this year. And they're seven and six, but the Bills money line is minus five fifty. Panthers plus four hundred. What do you got? I got the Bills on the money line, but I think the Panthers will cover. I don't know if Sam Darnold will play or not yet. He's designated for return from IR, so it's questionable. After watching Cam Newton and PJ Walker completely suck, maybe they'll throw him in probably sooner than expected. But if Darnold's in, I think they manage to cover. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I don't trust this Bills team to beat anybody by 11 points. And with Sam Darnold coming back, is there any chance, any chance at all, that they use Cam Newton as a running back? I feel like you might see him in like a pistol formation, maybe. Like a Heisman formation, except only one guy who's won the Heisman. Yeah, some, something like that. Just just a normal, just a normal formation. Um, two quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but yeah, I, I was really not a fan of the Cam thing. I don't think Cam is good anymore. And like, I, I mean, I said, I've said this last it gave year. him a one game boost, which is about yeah. all you could ask for in that but, situation. And I think I can't remember if it was an episode that you were on, but he threw he was like five for 21. But when he ran in that touchdown, best believe that ESPN posted it. You, oh, you better believe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and not like it was like two games after that too. Like it was like recently. Oh, uh, was like, it the Dolphins one? I think where it might he have just been, threw like, like a bunch of pick sixes he, and stuff. He got benched, and like, but best believe they posted his rushing touchdown. That was the only good thing he did all day. But God knows it was all. And over he stole it from Christian McCaffrey. It was the Dolphins game. I remember that. I'm sorry, <laughs> missing McCaffrey. All right. Uh, well, this see, I'm pretty sure I called this a shit bowl earlier in the season but this isn't such a shithole anymore jets has and dolphins. aspirations <laughs> yeah um, i just realized that instead of at like jets at dolphins like i did for every one of these and games i put jets, <laughs> jets and dolphins and so they are playing in these Miami. Are playing. just to clarify <laughs> yeah <laughs> just the jets and the dolphins uh the jets or that nah, the dolphins will be without both Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddell, arguably their two best offensive weapons. But this could mean good things for Mike Gisecki. And I think Devontae Parker's playing. I'd imagine he is. He is. He played the week before the bye. I thought thought so. So he should be playing. um, So that gives some weapons for Tua to throw to, kind of, maybe. Uh, Dolphins are favored, favored by a whopping nine and a half points in this game, which feels big for the Dolphins playing anybody. Um, with no running backs. Line, yeah, with no <laughs> running backs and no offensive line still. Uh, but money line is minus 435 for the Dolphins, plus 330 for the Jets. What's your pick, Mitchell? I'm going to take Dolphins on money line. Jets managed to cover. 
And sneak peek for start of the week, I'm going to take Mike Gusecki because he is to his go-to guy when he hasn't had Jalen Waddle, a.k.a. last year. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned it. Uh, Mike Gusecki will probably be my start of the week, too. Uh, I definitely thought of it first. but I'm I wrote go... it down in the notes earlier. <laughs> All right, dick. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me the Dolphins on the money line, but I do think the Jets will cover. When is Michael Carter coming? Is Michael Carter coming back this week? He's designated for return. They haven't made an official report. He's been practicing. I hope he comes back because their receivers suck. <laughs> and who else are they going to throw to yeah, without Elijah Moore there? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, and Elijah Moore has found his way to the COVID list like everyone else in the NFL. Um, next game. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. I thought Elijah Moore was on the COVID list. Really? He was IR. He might be on both, honestly, but he got designated by IR he, last yeah, week. Yeah, he is on both because I have him listed here. Because, like, Christian McCaffrey, for example, was also on the COVID list. I don't know, in fact. <laughs> um, That's a waste. <laughs> next game. Yeah, dude, imagine being on the COVID list and IR. Like, you just uh, – it's got to suck. Uh, next game, we have the Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Like we mentioned earlier, Washington has 20 players and probably end counting on the COVID list right now. Mm. Uh, they're coming off a loss in which they, they almost pulled things together to get a win against the Cowboys. They had a, I thought it was a very questionable call of the fumble at the end of the game when they were down seven with about two minutes, 30 seconds left. It like, I, I don't know. It, it, it looked like an incompletion to me when I saw it. And I hate, I hate the football team. Because of just like Kane has just implemented bad thoughts into my mind. Um, so there, there was no bias there. Do you have anything on Taylor Heineke? Because he didn't, obviously, he didn't finish that game. I don't know what his situation is. Honestly, the Washington football team has been the last of my concerns for these injuries. <laughs> but fair enough. Fair enough. I, I can't, I know that Terry McLaurin is still going through concussion protocol. I'd be worried. <laughs> Thanks if to he Taylor can't Heineke. Go, if he can't go, Taylor Heineke is completely useless regardless, and this team gets blown out regardless. Yeah. Th- thank you, Taylor Heineke, for trying to kill Terry McLaurin by throwing hospital passes to him all game. Um, but because of these COVID issues that the football team is currently dealing with, the Eagles are favored by nine and a half points, which still, I mean, I know that they're dealing with a lot, but that feels like a lot, a lot of points. Uh, Eagles minus 435 on the money line, football team plus 330. What's your pick? I know you said that spread was massive, but I'm going to take it because they are decimated on Washington. Eagles on both by a mile. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm probably going to end up going Eagles on both because, to my knowledge, they are that defensive line is torn apart, too. Yeah, yeah. For I'm going Monte- Montez was slated to come back, but then he catches COVID. And then, obviously, Chase Young is out. Jonathan Allen's on that list. I've, I mean, I don't know what the status of Ionatus and Deron Payne are, but those would be the only two guys. And their other two ends that were behind Montez and Chase Young also didn't play last week, and I'd imagine don't play this week either. So, they are screwed. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Eagles on both. I think Jalen Hurts could have a big day. If they have, if he has literally no pressure, maybe – he can read a defense. Maybe that maybe this can be like practice for him. Maybe we'll work on some stuff. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next game, Falcons at Niners. This apparently has huge playoff implications. No, didn't think I'd say that. Um, 
I've really like I've, I've talked about it. I really like what the Niners have been doing recently. They're favored by nine and a half points in this one at home. Money line is 49ers minus 425. Falcons plus 320. What's your pick in this one? I got Gucci Garop and the 49ers winning on the money line, but I think the Falcons managed to cover the spread just because nine and a half is a lot to overcome. <laughs> I think I might also be taking Gucci Garop. Um, and I think I'm going to be taking Gucci Garop on both the money line and the spread. I'm sick of the Jimmy Garoppolo slander. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Call me crazy. He's the great Tom and, Brady, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, like, I know we shit on Kane for liking Tua because he wants him in Washington, but I want Jimmy Garoppolo in Pittsburgh. I wanted to, dude, I remember when so AB requested on you. <laughs> when, when, when AB requested a trade. And like the, I remember seeing like photoshops of him in San Francisco. I was like, dude, what if we got Jimmy Garoppolo? That would be nice. I also remember thinking like, what if we got the number two pick? Like, dude, imagine if we traded AB for the number two pick and got Nick Bosa to go with TJ Watt. TJ Watt, oh my god, with Cam be... with Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt in the middle. That that's like that's that like would be deadly, deadly. Uh, yeah, that that's like Washington purple people eaters. Shame. Yeah, that's like purple people eaters, steel curtain, 85 bears shit. Like, that's nuts. And speaking speaking of the purple people eaters and the 85 bears, Monday Night Football. Here we go. Vikings <laughs> at bears. Boom. Nobody does a transition like this guy. Vikings are favored by five and a half points. Money line, Vikings minus 240, bears plus 195. What do you got? I really, really, really want to take the Vikings, but I'm going to take the Bears on both. I'm sorry, Tyler, but wow. Justin Fields just seemed to start clicking, and one sneaky guy for the fantasy playoffs coming up, if you are very, very, very strapped for talent, is Jakeem Grant. He's looked amazing these last two last two weeks. Yeah, especially if you are one of those people that didn't change the punt return yard setting. You probably did really well if you had Jakeem Grant last week. I've I've seen like videos. He probably scored thirty. <laughs> oh yeah, he he probably had a career day for you. He probably won you your week. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's really weird hearing you say like, "Uh, I really want to pick the favorite," because usually you say that about the upset team. Like, "Oh, I really want to pick the underdog," but I'm gonna have to go. But you said that about the Vikings, who are favored by five and a half points. They're just I, and the I Chargers I totally from last year. They I totally understand it. Are they the Chargers from last year, or are they the Chargers from? I, we we only lose games that we have a legitimate chance of losing. Last I, year we I, were blowing games left and right to crack eats. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just, I'm Drew just, Locke went off against us. We were up twenty against Drew Locke, and he beat us. I'm just pulling your leg, Mitchell. It's okay. It's all right. Um. Yeah. Give me. <laughs> This one's hard. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's like, how can I trust the Bears? But how can I trust the Vikings? This is just like, ugh. Give me the Vikings because I can't trust either of them, but the Vikings are a better team. And they have and they Justin cover. Jefferson and the Bears don't. Yes. Yes. I think they do cover. I think I think they realize, like, okay, now we have a shot to – now we have a shot to get this wild card. So let's not dick around and lose to the Bears because that 
that's not intelligent. That's not intelligent football, Mike Zimmer. Don't lose to the Bears. Don't make me look like an idiot for picking you guys because I know that this is going to be plastered all over the internet. I don't want that attention. So, you know, <laughs> don't fuck this up, Zimmer. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that problem. All right. Well, I think that does it for today's show. I, I, we, I talked about it on Monday. I don't know what to say at the end of the show now because there's no jersey live, giveaway. Live podcast. Yeah. And you told me that, that exact same. That you told me that exact same thing on Monday. So we're gonna, gonna spam it twenty four seven. Plug the live podcast. Uh, it's gonna be December thirtieth, right after Thursday night football. I think it might be during Thursday night football. Haven't really discussed a whole bunch of details on it, but it will be on Twitch. Uh, that will be where the jersey giveaway winner is revealed. So be sure to check that out uh and we're going to once we get stuff rolling with twitch we're going to be putting stuff up on youtube we talked about some draft stuff once draft season starts rolling around we're going to be putting out draft content obviously we're going to keep the content going throughout the rest of the regular season and the playoffs but just a little outlook of what we're what you're going to be seeing so very exciting stuff coming up me and mitchell have been talking about what we're going to be doing for draft season film rooms and stuff like that get some evaluations get some rankings mock drafts etc uh, we'll probably, I'll probably put out the first mock draft when the regular season ends, like within that week will probably be when I post the first mock draft. So be on lookout for that. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next Tuesday. Peace. Peace. Yeah.